Welcome to the Williamston Theater Backstage Chat Podcast. The Williamston Theater is mid-Michigan's professional regional theater, and our Backstage Chat Podcast is a way for you to dive deeper behind the scenes and get to know some of the artists at work. I'm Emily Sutton-Smith, and in this episode, I get to chat with the scenic designer for On the Market, Kirk Domer. So come on, let's go backstage. Kirk Domer is a professor of scene design for the Department of Theater at Michigan State University and a proud member of the United Scenic Artists Union, Local 829. He received his MFA in scene design from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He has designed scenery and props for AD Players, Stages, Eastman Opera, Mercury Opera, the Ohio Light Opera, Stormfield Theater, Boarshead Theater, Kickshaw Theater, Performance Network, Madison Repertory Theater, Summer Circle Theater, Riverwalk Theater, Wharton Center, and Make a Circus. He has seen designed several exciting world premieres, including Mitch Albom's Ernie and Hockey the Musical, as well as MacGyver the Musical, and Miss Teen at Stages in Houston, Texas. His book, Collaboration in Theater, co-written with colleague Rob Rosnowski, is available at Amazon.com. Kirk Domer, welcome to the Williamston Theater Backstage Podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here with us today chatting about uh, your field of expertise, which is scenic design. Actually, you're an expert in so many things, but let's talk about scenic design today. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I like that. I like that. Our audiences are seeing your amazing work in On the Market on our stage right now through October 22nd. And it's a fantastic set design. And it was so fun when um, photos of the beginning of the painting job and everything like that were posted on social media, the playwright went, oh, my God, that's fantastic (laughs) on social media, (laughs) which must feel pretty good. Yeah, I love I loved the person that says, I lived out there. You know, that was kind of funny to look at the map and just kind of find your own connection to Long Island. So for people who haven't yet seen the show yet or haven't seen a photo of the of the set, can you describe it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the show is actually based off of a search I did on Realtor.com for the actual location where this play is set and the different houses that would be identified by these realtors as the ones on the market. Um, So the set is a map section of Long Island with realtor spots and, of course, school districts, the best school districts. These are (laughs) five-star rated school districts um, because I needed to narrow it down because I didn't want to paint 400 schools. Um, And so, yeah, it has all of that laid out. And then out of certain red dots that we're accustomed to on our realtor maps, pop out uh, realtor signs or like the flyers that they give out saying this house on the market costs this much. I did the actual research and are the actual photos of houses that were on the market. Oh, probably three months ago. When oh my I gosh. Was actually designing it. 
Um, but then we we did a little tip of the hat uh, with Tony Caselli as director to say, well, when they go to the psychologist or counselor, let's actually pop up a counselor out of that map and do what their hourly rate would be <laughs> and the services that they provide. And then when they go to the bar, let's actually pop out a bar and say daily specials and look at the amenities at the bar. So seven of these locations popped out of the scenery and uh, the lighting designer, Eric, pops them with light and we get the identification of this is where we are because like a lot of plays that are cinematic, there's no way we're going to move that many locations right. in one night of live theater. Right. Especially in our space, which is the size of a postage stamp. Um, and we have no fly space, which means we can't lower anything mm-hmm. or fly anything out. We have very limited backstage space. Um, you're really, you don't have much to work with as far as bells and whistles in our right. space. Do you, find, you get imagination. Right. I mean, well, and so, you know, do you find that to be really limiting as you approach a project? Or is that something that's like it forces you to be more creative? Oh, I absolutely love it. I don't look at these things as limitations. I look at them as possibilities. So how are we going to tell this story in this space? Right. And, you know, Tony actually asked me to read the show months before to say, do I need a projection designer? And I read the show and I said, well, if you want a projection designer, then you don't need me, right? Because ah. you can just do it that way. And he's like, well, then let's not get a projection designer. And I said, okay, that sounds good. And then at the first meeting, I said, if you want to move scenery, call someone else. Because <laughs> I just right. don't want to do that show. It's going to be a show about watching people move scenery. And this, what, 80, 90 minute show is going to turn into two hours. right. And so I was really like, how can we get through this swift? The playwright said Gilmore Girls. I'm a huge fan of Gilmore Girls. And they <laughs> talk really fast. And so you really needed that speed. And to take it away from realism, but still have a real couch and a real chair and a real table, kept everything realistic, but stylized. And so that's right. what I really appreciated about about working with Tony and the entire team on this. And you've done so many um, amazing sets for us that had similar challenges with respect to many different locations and our postage stamp sized stage. And you've come up with really amazing solutions like i think specifically about dead man's shoes dead man's shoes is my favorite design of all time really <laughs> yes yeah, it is. why why is that well i mean how often do you get to be in a theater that's about what 20 feet across and paint a 110 foot long backdrop right because it's spun uh, with the actors and to this day to this day, uh, one of my favorite things and one of the scariest moments of all time because it was a new work and oh, yeah. this is a linear backdrop, a linear show, a scene order changed. And I needed to call my colleague, Karen Kangas Preston, to do surgery on the backdrop. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. Yes. And because it's going around a drum, we have zero 
percentage degree that we can be off and let right. this keep running. So I said, my sewing skills aren't good enough, Karen, you need to help. And yes, we removed, I think they were like nine foot panels. Okay. And so we moved a nine foot panel, nine feet down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then seamed it all back together. Did you have to insert a new panel or change the just no it like was just the order okay it was just the order the whole thing was painted and yeah. i'm taking my camera phone and i'm showing it so tony I, yeah it was tony directing that he could look at it and he's like whoa whoa, whoa that's the wrong order oh <laughs> wow like, no oh. yeah so oh working on new projects that was a lot of fun but hey we we got it it's and good. that was that was technically challenging to execute and the actors were in charge of changing, you know, it was like this winch kind of a system. So there yeah. would be one actor on one side and one actor on the other side. And this huge piece of fabric, very, very long piece of fabric was mm -hmm. spun sort of on these spools and they had to winch them. And I seem to remember they got stuck one day, maybe more than one day. <laughs> oh, yeah. There were because it was vertical, right? The mm -hmm. way that a drum is not supposed to work, mm -hmm. because usually it's up and down, not side to side. Yeah, it it started getting one degree off. And then all of a sudden, it's just like anything that you wrap. It just got tangled. On oh, my itself. gosh. And so to get that just perfect uh, took quite a bit. Yeah. But the best scene was two panels long on the train. And oh, it just yeah. moved really slow as the train was going by. So That's it was right. just the windows. That was a lot of fun. That's an amazing design concept. Have you gotten to use that idea in other locations? That sort of never, spooled... never again. No, okay. I haven't. <laughs> Would you no, want to? <laughs> I absolutely want to, but I was just like, I just don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't work. I mean, that was so honky tonk and western, right. and it just, it just having them grind the scenery was just so fitting to the characters. Right. I mean, it just. I don't know. I don't know. That was a spectacular. Thing. So it it created the environment. It created the feeling. Mm -hmm. Besides just providing the backdrop and the location, it really created that feeling of the tension in that play, which there was a lot of tension in that play. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of tension. And the fact that sometimes the characters were just, or the actors were just moving it because they uh -huh. weren't acting in the scene. But other times they were active in the scene. While so, they like, were moving This it. is their job. And right. they are, you know, and so that was like the fun for me is that we were able to flip and not hide the technology. Sometimes you want to show the technology. Right. It's old school technology. And that's exciting. Yeah. And and it's it's just evidence of how incredibly important all of the design elements are in telling the story. It's not mm -hmm. just a place that you stand in front of. It's not just a chair that you sit on. It is the world and yep. all the design elements are part of that world and help create that world. Karen Kangas Preston and I were talking um, over the weekend. She's in episode three. It's okay. going to be her, um, uh, her interview. And we were talking about that as well, creating the the world of the play and having it make logical sense to the actors um, and help elevate the story, tell the story so that the audience really gets it all yeah. the way through. It's not just a surface thing. It's all the way through. 
It's absolutely. I mean, the one, I don't know where I picked this phrase up, but you don't want to leave a show like Oklahoma singing the lighting. Right. You did something (laughs) wrong if you drew attention to yourself. But for me, if I ever place an ottoman on stage that's never sat on, then why is it there? Right. We we need to have the function. Otherwise, just the natural the way we think about things will we'll just naturally go. That's odd. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Why is that there? No one sat on like what's happening. So, yeah, we all have to work together to to really blend and to accommodate each other in the design world. And Karen said something. She said, if we've done our job right, you don't notice it. Yep. And it's true. Yes, but it, there's so many hours and so many bits and pieces of decision making and research and everything that goes into all the things that make you not see them, but make you yeah. feel them if you're in the audience. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite sets and one that I and I've actually acted on a number of your sets. I mm-hmm. Gamma Rays you did and yes. Summer Retreat you did and End Days, which is one oh, of my favorites. Me too. Um, it was a painful set to work on, but <laughs> yes, absolutely. Very painful. But there was, um, but that was really appropriate for the show too. It was all mm-hmm. these people really in pain separately and not really understanding how to come together to help yeah. each other through that pain. Um, but it, that was a great example of a real abstract uh, set. Where did you come yes. up with the idea for that one? Well, it was really abstract, but for anyone that has entered the World Trade Center before the towers came down, uh-huh. that's the front glass. Yeah. So the abstraction of this is the reality of what it was. And now we're going to break it down into modules and boxes yeah. that can create and not create the tragedy that it was and these family that's disconnected and not put together and trying to find ways to put it together but unless unless it's ringing in your head that oh yeah I've been there I know exactly what that is right it it didn't it didn't play and it didn't need to play right because the action of the show was telling you that story it was it was showing you what was missing and so I think that 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 was nice to have that abstracted and not hit on your head reality Right. And and it was the play itself was this very real story about these real people, this family, and they were doing real things like making sandwiches and, mm-hmm. you know, putting groceries away and um, sitting at a table and playing a board game. And so they did all of these things in this space that didn't look like a living room or a kitchen or mm-hmm. a den or anything like that, but totally functioned as all of those locations Exactly. And supported the storytelling. Mm-hmm. But it was also, it had these funny pebbles on it, which is why I say it's painful. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was the texture of it. Oh, it was. It was. It looked beautiful, though. It was a great texture and read really well on the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of those. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's going to look. It's going to payoff will work. Payoff will work. <laughs> but then, you know, you also have what Elvis. Uh, oh, right. Jesus. Uh, right. So we had a lot of uh, lot traditional characters. Yeah, things. for so, sure. Yeah. When you get a script, do you have a specific way that you approach a script to go, 
oh, here's where I'm going to find the inspiration. Or, you know, like, do you have a ritual that you follow or is it just new with every single script? It's, it's really customized to the script because I do a lot of new work. And so right. for me, I'm like, okay, where are we? Are we on version 24 or are we on version one? And mm-hmm. we're just going to try this out. Um, and so that's that to me is, is a little bigger. But I'll map everything out as I read it about twice, I'll say. And I'm, I'm mapping out the needs and I'm mapping out. I always like to say what's outside the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> if the actors don't know where they were coming from, uh then why do they, you know, where are they before right. they just pop in there? They're just backstage. That, that's right, right. not really the world. And so I tend to do a lot of that mapping. And I laugh because I'm, I'm, I'm the first person to block the show. <laughs> and I didn't. I just provided it these 17 options for the director to block the show. But right. one of my favorite directors, that she said, you're not nailing farce. Get down that hallway, go in that room, and let's pop out at different times. That's farce. Uh-huh. Farce has to be in a line. I was like, oh, that's your rule for farce. I get it. And that's a great rule. And so once you find it, it's like, oh, well, that's how. You know, mm-hmm. when you work with the same director over and over again, too, you're like, oh, okay, I know how Tony does things. I mm-hmm. know how he likes to work. I know at least how he likes to move. Mm-hmm. And he's going to sit in every seat in the house to make sure it works. Right. So let's let's find that dynamism and move it around. And that's but, another thing that I think people don't understand has to be taken into, into account is in our space, we have seats on three sides of the stage. Yep. So you can't build something that means that someone who's sitting in a seat that's more upstage than downstage is blocked from seeing an entrance or uh you know or a place where someone is sitting or some some uh, an area where there's action happening so you are sort of again it's that creativity is it is it a limit or is it a creativity that helps you to solve that problem to create the environment right yeah it's not it's not what i call peeping tom design which is the proscenium it's just right. like we just lifted the wall <laughs> look in no, right this right, is right. you're in your backdrop is people sitting in the audience and it's, you design all over the country not just yeah. here in williamston um what are some of the other theaters where your work is being seen right well, now or this season well, I think opening tonight in Houston, Texas at Stages is a production of Switzerland. A beautiful, beautiful, disturbing piece about uh, Patricia Highsmith, who wrote the Thomas Ripley murder novels. Oh, yeah. And it's fully in the round. So Ooh. I've got audiences on four sides and I have a balcony of like two rows of seating. And so oh, that wow. was new. I've never worked in this theater, in this in this space within this theater company. And so we, my favorite thing, so we surrounded the balcony with 
what I like to call murder boxes because she is a weapon. She collects weapons and she has this dagger that comes into the space and she puts it into her weapons display case. I decided to tell the story by providing all of her murders and all of her novels as all display cases of the history of how she killed people. And it was maybe with a gun, but less seldom. It was more the apple that fell, that gets you ran over by a car, like that kind of thing. Now I'm getting notes that the audience keeps going on stage and looking up at the murder boxes. Oh, (laughs) oh, because they're trying to find a way. Yeah. Oh, so the audience from downstairs wants to look close to look yeah right yeah because they can see let's say 15 of them but five of them are over their heads so they want to see those too right and so now they're putting signs up to say please don't walk on the stage (laughs) (laughs) for your own safety (laughs) yeah and it was just fun and and the prop person who's one of my favorites jody we were going through props and pulling things. I said, just not realistic, like not things you would normally think of. And halfway through, she's like, we are sick people. We are <laughs> sick, sick people. I'm like, we're just, you know, creative people. <laughs> but yeah, we were finding some very interesting ways. Who knew, right? That this you is... could kill people in those yeah, ways. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Speaking of props. So I think a lot of audience members don't necessarily understand the um the line between scenic design set dressing and props properties Mm -hmm. so that and that is truly you know what the theater is a collaborative art form and so everybody has their job but they collaborate within the collaboration very often Mm -hmm. um like for example you and here we Michelle Raymond does a lot of our properties design. So, you know, you guys will often collaborate on the set dressing and the properties. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've given the the space, but then there's like in on the market, you did you choose the furniture or did she choose the furniture? So so typically I will design the furniture. Mm-hmm. in in concept right like this there's a couch here i think it's orange there's okay. a chair here i think it's yellow and i will put them in and choose a typical like this is the type of couch that i would like I, it can't have a back because it's you know against this group of people we, they won't see over the back right so then because if i don't do that then tony will say where am i sitting right <laughs> you didn't right. put any furniture in and so then michelle will say okay i I shopped these five. Which couch do you guys like better? Right. Okay. And so here's my favorite. What do you think? And so when it comes to like the large pieces, uh, it's usually a connection between the set designer and the properties artisan. But mm-hmm. it also depends on how much I trust my properties artisan. Right. Right. Because some, Michelle, I'll be like, whatever you want. Yeah, a table. Yes, anything that has I like square, but you know whatever you find. Right. Others, I will say here are seven pictures. This is the range you right. need to buy in because right. they might just be less experienced or they're functional properties people, not properties designers. Right? Got it. I, I call yeah, yeah. them the. They're the ones that they shop at Amazon and they get everything. Right. That's you know 
No, I want to be able to smell the history of that chair. (laughs) (laughs) And so it can't be bought at Amazon. (laughs) Which you can in our space. (laughs) Yes. Anything that might be on stage. Well, what is next for you as you are looking forward in the next year, year and a half? What sort of uh, productions are you looking forward to? Well, you know, just to talk a little bit about like the world that is theater right now and just how tenuous it is and getting our audiences back and so forth. Like I walked into this season only having one design and one mentor project. I was invited to one of the theaters that I worked at regularly in Houston and they said, can you we need to we need to hire inside so we can't afford you. So can you mentor our properties artisan? And huh. she hasn't designed in eight years, but you know, she'll be great. And she just got overwhelmed. Okay. And so she's like, they're like, okay, how about we flip that? How about we do hire you and she's your assistant so that we can help that? I'm like, well, that's perfect. Cause I, I'm a professor. So right, I right, do exactly. that, you know? And so then all of a sudden, three more designs came in. I'm doing more designs this year than I've done in the past five years. And I thought it was like, well, no, theaters are saving money. Theaters are downsizing. What's happening? And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, people are leaving our profession because they couldn't sustain it during COVID. And yet I had a full-time job on the side, which is great. Right. (laughs) And so here we are. I'm doing five shows. So... On Where the are market, you working? Yeah. Three in Houston, one in um one at Meadowbrook. Oh, I'm great. doing my first Meadowbrook, Ella, the musical. That's at the Sign. end of the year. And then so on the market, Switzerland. Next is Steel Magnolias in Houston, Aww. Texas. And then <laughs> lots of hair uh, dryers on that side. Yes, lots of hair. <laughs> Talk about the props person. <laughs> And then I'm doing a very fun show called The Thanksgiving Play. And oh. this is at a theater I've never worked at in Houston. The director of my last show in Houston hired me when she moved companies to this new company. The world got really small and beautiful. I'm in Houston working on Switzerland. I go and see a show at the theater starring that director and the director of The Thanksgiving Play. Oh, so wow. I got to see them acting in their space that we'll be working in together and i was like this is serendipity this is fun neat connected went out after the show talked about the thanksgiving play which doesn't open until march but just to say what are you thinking where where do we go so right i'm very excited about that that's gonna be a fun one that's a fun play oh it's so ridiculous you you mentioned uh you have a full-time job but it's also industry related. So yeah, <laughs> talk about <yeah>. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So working, at, I mean, I'm the professor of scene design at Michigan State University, but I also run an arts and cultural management museum studies program. That's a little more exciting for me right now uh, because I do so much set design during the day, right? That, you mm-hmm. know, teaching it is wonderful, but I, I tend to just take students as assistants with me. Since I travel so much. And so that just gets them out of that theoretical bubble uh, to actually say, this is how they do it. And it's not how we do it here, because how we do it in school takes a little longer. We try a little more things. 
We want to make sure you see it from all angles. Whereas you get to a professional theater and it's shorthand. We got to open tomorrow. It's we got to cost savings, right? Let's let's get it done, right? right. This is our job. Right. And so it's nice that students get to see that. Have that experience. Yeah, that's incredibly yeah. valuable as they enter the workforce. Yes. They know more people. Right. They see more personalities. Well, we are always so grateful for your work on our stage. Um, and we can't wait to work with you again, which I know we will in the future. Yeah. And, and see all of the wonderful worlds you bring to life on our stage. No, I think I've been consecutive since season two i don't think i've missed a year well kirk Dummer, thank you so much for being with us today yes my on pleasure our backstage it's been great yeah sure. on the market is kirk's 17th production with the williamston theater you can see examples of Kirk's design renderings on our website at williamstontheater.org and photos of his design work from theaters all over the country on his website at kirkdomer.com. On the Market plays at the Williamston Theater until October 22, 2023. Be sure to join us for our next episode when we dive deeper at the Williamston Theater. See you soon.